eternal and everlasting because it's a work that he does for me and I'm grateful if you have your Bibles I want you to turn to the book of first Kings chapter number 18 I have enjoyed the good congregational singing I appreciate the special music tonight I have come too far to turn back it has been a joy for me to be in these services I want to thank you for your hospitality and your generosity to me I'm undeserving but I would say this tonight I happened to look there on the table and uh, it says that uh, Sunday is mission Sunday I just want to remind the church that God blesses a church that is willing to reach out and support missions. We all cannot go and share the gospel in other countries. But I am thankful that God has raised up men and women that he calls to do that task and I would encourage you to uh, remember those missionaries and your mission as a church but with that being said I want to tell the church your first missionary is this man of God right here. He represents Solid Rock Baptist Church everywhere he goes. If he preaches a revival somewhere, he's just an extension of this local congregation. He is doing God's bidding. That's all I'm doing this week. I'm just being an extension of Calvary Baptist Church. I have people who are praying for me and holding me up in prayer. But I just want to remind you, he is your first missionary. And I just turned and asked Miss Darlene, I said, how many years have y'all been here? And she said, we just celebrated 29 years as being right here at Solid Rock Baptist Church. Now, I want to just say this as an outsider. You better thank God for somebody that's willing to stay with you that length of time there are churches that have been without pastors for over two years and still searching some churches uh, can't keep a pastor more than two years uh, they 
either run him off or either uh, he gets uh, aggravated. And I'm just here to tell you, some of you have grown up under this man's preaching and you've never known another pastor but the one you have right now. And that is a God's blessing that you're not in the, uh, in the search for somebody to be a leader in this congregation. I appreciate this man's faithfulness and his love for God. And he loves you. He has expressed that to me in words and in deed. And I am grateful to God for that. You remember him and uh, be a blessing to him and look after him. And uh, why man's devoted his entire uh, life in this field of service. That's a, that's a blessing tonight. And I challenge you to be good to him. If you're willing and able, would you stand as we read out of 1 Kings chapter number 18. I want to begin reading at verse number 41. And Elijah said unto Ahab, Get thee up, eat and drink, for there is a sound of abundance of rain. So Ahab went up to eat and to drink, and Elijah went up to the top of Carmel, and he cast himself down upon the earth and put his face between his knees and said to his servant, Go up now, look toward the sea, and he went up and looked and said, There is nothing. And he said, Go again seven times. And he said, uh, And it came to pass at the seventh time that he said, Behold, there ariseth a little cloud out of the sea like a man's hand. And he said, Go up, say unto Ahab, Prepare thy chariot, and get thee down, that the rain stop thee not. And it came to pass in the meanwhile that the heaven was black with clouds, and wind, and there was a great rain. And Ahab rode and went to Jezreel, and the hand of the Lord was on Elijah. And he girded up his loins and ran before Ahab in the entrance of Jezreel. You can be seated tonight. 
if you look at the life and ministry of the prophet Elijah, there are uh, some single words that describe specific events in his life. If you look in 1 Kings chapter 17 and the first uh, verses of that chapter, uh, uh, that event in Elijah's life could be described as there in the time in the life of Elijah. For the Lord said to Elijah, Go hide thyself by the brook Cherith and hide thyself there. There was a word that described that event where God looked after his servant. And then you'll find in chapter 18 when Elijah repaired the altar of God and the prophets of Baal had prayed and their gods did not answer. And when Elijah prayed, the Bible said, then the fire of the Lord fell. The word then describes that event in the life of Elijah. But in the text that I've read to you tonight, I find that there is a word that describes this event on Mount Carmel. And it is the word times. The Bible said in verse 43, go again seven times. For you see, it wasn't accomplished by going one time. But there were several times. So much of our Christian life becomes discouraged because we're not willing to put times into what we do. We live in a microwave generation. We want it right now. We want it yesterday in our life. But I'm here to tell you, uh, the Christian experience is one of patience and determination. And times describes this event in the life of Elijah. Can you imagine? It has not rained for three and a half years. The ground is parched and the, and the growth has died. The streams have dried up. There is no fruit on the vine. 
and what fruit there is uh, is dried uh, up also. But God is fixing uh, to send rain. God is fixing to open the windows of heaven uh, and relieve uh, uh, the nation of Israel uh, from this terrible uh, drought that has incurred. Uh, oh, tonight, wouldn't it be uh, a blessing uh, for you and I to realize uh, God can send the rain uh, spiritually uh, on our church, uh, on our individual lives. Uh, oh, God, uh, send the rain uh, again to God's there are four characters that are mentioned in the text that I have read to you tonight. And uh, really, I want to deal with one of those uh, characters. Uh, you'll find that uh, one character in this text is mentioned uh, in the very first verse that we read. And he is known by the name of Ahab. Ahab is the king. Ahab is the emperor. He is the ruler of the nation of Israel. And may I say that this emperor, this king by the name of Ahab, had no spiritual tenderness. Why, God has sent fire down and consumed the sacrifice, and the people have cried, The Lord, He is the God. The Lord, He is the God. Elijah slays the prophets of Baal. And Ahab's heart is still as hard as it has been. There is no spiritual tenderness in his soul. And denied what a sad state that many people find themselves in. There is no tenderness toward God in their life. But he has no spiritual tendency. He is not interested in praying. He is only interested in eating and having a good time. But thank God for an Elijah who was ready to pray and seek God's face and intervene for the needs of his people. There is the emperor. Let me mention a second character. There is also Elijah, the prophet of God. And Elijah here is a man who prayed. He interceded for his people. 
He prayed specifically for rain. And God heard his prayer. He prayed earnestly for the rain. He prayed reverently. He bowed his head and he prayed steadfastly. He never gave up until God heard his cry. But there is another character in this text. Not only is there the emperor and there is Elijah, but there is also the Elohim. The Lord is his name. He, uh, the Bible said uh, in verse 46, and the hand of the Lord was on Elijah. God is intertwined in all this event on top of Mount Carmel. I'm glad we have a God who still hears and answers prayer all tonight. If you are praying for something needed in your life, be encouraged that as God heard the prayer of Elijah, a man of like passions as you and I, I'm glad he'll hear my cry. He'll answer my prayer. Oh, bless his name. But there is a fourth character in this text. And that's really what I want to deal with for a few moments tonight. There is the emperor Ahab by name. There is Elijah, the prophet of God. And aren't you glad God has a man for that generation and for ours? There is the Elohim, the Lord God of heaven. But that fourth character, I want to call the envoy. Look at verse number 43. The verse begins by saying, And he, Elijah, said, to his servant. Go up now to look toward the sea. And he went up and looked and said, There is nothing. And he said, Go again seven times. Here is a description of the envoy, a general definition of that term means a carrier or messenger. That's exactly what this servant did. Some people think that Elijah's servant was that widow woman's son that he raised from the dead 
down in Zarephath. And it very well could have been. But that servant was bearing a message to Elijah. That servant was carrying word back to the man of God. He was telling Elijah of the condition of the horizon as he looked across westwardly toward the Mediterranean Sea. And tonight, I'm glad that we have an Elijah and I'm glad we have an Elohim. But I'm here to tell you, thank God for those who are willing to serve those who will be an envoy in the work of God. Two things I want to say about this envoy. Number one, I want to say something about the work. Of Elijah's servant. Now, I don't want to bust your bubble in being a Christian, but being a Christian is not sitting on the stools of do nothing, it is not uh, lounging back in the ease of His promises and never labor and never work in His vineyard. This servant had a work to do. It involved him exerting his, uh, his efforts uh, to accomplish what he has been asked to do. He says to the servant, Go up now and look toward the sea and return and give word again about what you see. And tonight, what a blessing it is to be able to work in the kingdom of God. And tonight, when you look at the work of this servant, it just simply says there was a reason for him being there. He had a responsibility laid on his shoulders. He had a mission to execute and to discharge. And tonight, thank God for the servants, for those who are bearing the message to the man of God. Our work differs in personality and in activity. Some give themselves to intercede in prayer some sing in the choir. Some teach Sunday school. Others are busy 
uh, when, uh, the, uh, when it comes uh, available to knock on doors uh, and to bring children uh, to the house of God. Uh, uh, everybody has uh, got a responsibility uh, and you and I should discharge that work uh, in a faithful uh, and loyal manner. I want to say something about his work. His work was lonesome. There wasn't nobody walking with this servant. There was nobody uh, that was around this servant. I don't know how far he had to travel from where Elijah was praying uh, to go to a viewpoint uh, to look over the sea. Uh, but what I can say is this. Uh, he went by himself. Uh, he didn't have anybody else uh, uh, there to help him discharge uh, his responsibility. Uh, he was all alone. Uh, and tonight he did not have a choir that sung behind him. He didn't have somebody saying amen to what he was doing. But this man carried out his work without any encouragement, without any help from someone else. Thank God for the encouragement of God's people. But we must realize uh, we must serve him uh, if it is to serve him uh, alone tonight. And he didn't do it just one time. He went one time and then Elijah said you go back seven times. And uh, Nobody went with him. And tonight it could be that some wife makes her way to the house of God all by yourself. You have a husband that's lost, but you have decided that if, if he doesn't come, you're going to come on by yourself. Oh, thank God for that kind of work, that kind of service that is rendered. And tonight, I bless His name. I want to be that kind of servant. I want to be willing to serve all alone. But there's another word that describes His work. And it is the word wearisome. Not only was it a lonesome work, it was also a wearisome work. You see, that servant had to climb and, and ascend. From where Elijah was, there was a 
a certain distance which he had to travel in an elevated incline to get to the overview of the Mediterranean Sea. And I have been blessed in my lifetime to stand on top of Mount Carmel and look at that teal blue sea and look over that same horizon that this servant looked at looking for the clouds to come all the night. He was wearisome. He not only went one time and come back but he went a second time and he went back. He came a third time. I'm sure that he got tired. I'm sure he got weary. The same answer every time. And the same is true about our Christian experience. Sometimes we go to the house of God and there's no cloud in the sky. But hallelujah, we keep coming back. We go back to the house. We come back to the church. And it may be like that for two or three Sundays. But then that next Sunday, all of a sudden, the heavens open up. And God reigns His help on your life. Oh, tonight, He faced wearisome feelings. He went up, he come down. He went up, he come down. Don't that describe the Christian life a lot of times? We come and sometimes we're up and then we're down. We're up, but then we're down. But the main thing is we keep going and coming back. Keep going and coming back. When Jesus fed those 5,000 that day with the loaves and fishes, he broke that bread, put it in the hands of those disciples, and they went out and fed the congregation. But you know what they done? They come back. Hallelujah. Got their arms full again. And tonight, I'm glad though the Christian life may be monotonous and nothing happening. You just keep going and coming back. Going and coming back. I guarantee you, somewhere along the way, God is going to open up the heavens for your life. But His work, though it was lonesome and wearisome, His work was also delightsome. It brought satisfaction to his heart. You say, why? Because that last time he went, he saw a cloud like a man's hand. Didn't say it was the size of a man's hand. It just says it was like a man's hand. It looked like a hand of a man. And tonight uh, uh, he went back to Elijah and said, Elijah, 
I've seen a cloud. And about that time, Elijah said up, Get thee there, Ahab, and tell him to prepare his chariot for the rains of fixing to come. Hallelujah. Don't you know that brought joy and gladness to the heart of that servant that he had delivered the message to God's man. I'm here to tell you there's no greater joy when you lead somebody to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. There's no greater joy to have the Holy Ghost to touch you when you teach a lesson or preach a sermon or sing a song all denied. It is a delight when God But there is a second, a second truth here. Not only the work of Elijah's servant, but I want to say something about the worth of Elijah's servant. This servant was of great value in God sending the rain upon Israel. Now, the Bible overlooks or as, as far as what has been written, it is Elijah that prayed. And God, in answering Elijah's prayer, sends the rain to Israel. But this little unknown servant played a valuable role in God sending the rain in answer to Elijah's prayer. He is not recognized. He is not uh, uh, preached on very often. He is not uh, immortalized uh, uh, in any songs that I have ever heard. Uh, but I'm here to tell you what he did that day uh, was valuable. It was worth much in the work of God. There are some who feel like what they're doing amounts to nothing. But I'm here to tell you it takes everybody doing what God's put them there to do. Those who are unknown and unnamed and unrecognized, there is a record God is keeping one day and he'll make it known. He's valuable to Elijah. You know why he's worth much to Elijah? Because of his blessedness. You know what this servant allowed Elijah to do? It allowed Elijah to concentrate on prayer 
Otherwise, Elijah would have been the one who would have prayed, got up and ascended the mountain and looked over the horizon, would have returned and bowed his face uh, uh, to the ground and prayed some more. Uh, but this, uh, this servant was such a blessing uh, to Elijah. It allowed Elijah to concentrate on prayer. Uh, Elijah could continue to pray uh, while the servant was on his journey there and back. Uh, and Elijah spent that time uh, uh, in communion with his God uh, and denied what a blessing you can be uh, to this man of God. Uh, uh, he's got a work to do. Uh, he doesn't need to be uh, 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 trifling with things uh, uh, that take away from the important matters. Uh, it's his uh, responsibility to find uh, God's message uh, for your life. Uh, it is his responsibility to study uh, and to pray uh, and to preach that word uh, to you every Sunday as you gather uh, to the house of God uh, and you can do the menial work. You can take a lot off of the man of God like this servant. He was a blessing. Some Baptists ain't found that out yet. Now, I know this probably never happened to Brother Jerry because y'all are such good people. But it's happened to me. I come out of Sunday school. And, and before I can get into the auditorium, or as I step into the auditorium, here comes someone to me. And they're, they're wanting to unload all their old trash on me and I'm fixing to get in the pulpit to preach the word of God now I know none of y'all would ever do that y'all are so precious and so good and so kind but I'm here to tell you if you want to be a good servant don't you put a burden on this man you take some of the burden off of this man I, you lift up his hands like Aaron and her did uh, on the mountain and support God's man uh, and support God's work. This servant was a his his worth is measured in his blessedness. But I want to tell you something else. His worth is measured in his truthfulness. He come back the first time. I don't know if Elijah said, what did you see? Probably did. And you know what he said? He said, well... 
the water's really blue. And uh, I, I, there might be something out there. I, I, really, I, I really think we're going we're gonna to really, uh, we're going to experience something, Elijah. Now that ain't what he said. He was just honest with me. He said, there ain't nothing out there. I don't tell you, that ain't very encouraging. Has God ever told you there ain't nothing out there? But he was honest with a man of God. And I'm here to tell you, you better thank God for a man who will be honest with you. You don't need somebody to tell you how good you've been when you've been sorry as the dirt. And I'm preaching to myself. I'm just as sorry as the rest of us. But we need somebody to be honest with us. Uh, we don't need somebody to tell us that why it'll be all right. Uh, uh, you can go to heaven. Uh, you, you've been a good person. It, it ain't going to happen. Uh, you better thank God somebody told you you were a sinner, uh, lost and undone, and the only hope uh, you had was in repentance uh, and faith in Christ Jesus. That servant uh, was a blessing and worth much to Elijah because he was truthful and honest with Elijah. Thirdly, and I'm fixing the clothes. Y'all can come and be ready. The worth of his work is not just seen in his blessedness and his truthfulness. But it is also seen in his faithfulness. He went one time and he come back. Elijah said, go again. And he went back the second time. And he come back. And Elijah said, go again the third time. Now I personally believe uh, that this servant went eight times. I think he went the first time and when he came back, Elijah said, go seven times. And I believe uh, on that seventh time, uh, which added to that first time, was the eighth time. Uh, and eight is the number of new beginnings. Something was fixing to happen. But he was faithful. No result. in the work he was doing. Now I can see some Baptists go the first time. And I, I can see some other Baptists going the second time. You say you're talking about the Baptists. I know I'm one of them. I can preach about them. I don't know about the Presbyterians and the Methodists and all them, but I know how us Baptists are. 
And you might get somebody to go twice and maybe a few to go three times. But I'm glad, hallelujah, this servant was not like an ordinary Baptist. He went until he saw a cloud like a man's hand and delivered the message back to Elijah. And hallelujah, the rain came and ended the drought. I want to be that faithful servant. I want to be a blessing. When I was a young preacher, my pastor was Devon Dyson. He was preaching 36 meetings a year in an 80-mile radius of Taylorsville, North Carolina, preaching Monday through Saturday. And us young men would drive him uh, to his place of preaching, trying to uh, give him rest. And I, I remember when God called me to my first church, uh, I remember feeling, oh, I should have done so much more to help my preacher. I should have been a, a better blessing to the man of God. And this evening, I want to challenge you to love this man. I want you to I want you to follow this man. I want you to heed what he preaches. I want you to love him and his family with all of your heart and serve God together. I'm here to tell you this all has come to pass. We will get to the other side one day and tonight the thing we need to do is bind together. It's not a time to get sideways and cross-wired. It's time to love each other. Pray for one another. Hold up the hands of God's man just like this servant did for the prophet Elijah. Would you stand?